We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, I actually, uh, I got cleared. I got cleared, so next game I was going to be able to go out there and play. This is the most unique season obviously I've ever been a part of uh, just you know working working my way back to just be a part of this team to go out there and try to help in any way I could and then to come you know get into the playoffs and like I told you guys struggling for a little bit after surgery and then you know getting some good news from the doctor about my recovery and you know getting to the point where I finally got to last week to to get cleared um, late in the week and know that you know we have the possibility of winning this game I'm out there. Micah Hyde said he was cleared to play but didn't get enough practice time and he would have played next week. What might have been? Would have been an incredible comeback. Yes. Neck injury that would have knocked him out. What a year, Should be good right? for next year, though. Hey, how many games you playing? The first one, the second one, and then the last two. That's what it really could have been. Yeah. Two games to start, two games to end if they've, you know, go on to win the Super Bowl and make it that far. It is wild. Like one thing I'll I'll say about like the press conference yesterday from Brandon Bean asked about the gap between the Bills and Bengals. Mm-hmm. I'm really you know, we're talking about all the things I think the Bills need and how they get better. I'm not really here to listen to any sort of gap. Did did you did you see Kevin you mentioned Kevin Cole earlier on something else? Did you see his tweet on this? On Bean talking about Right, a gap between the Bills and the Bengals. It is worth pointing out. Like, the odds are what they are, but there are odds out there for next year's Super Bowl, and the Bills are tied for the best odds, and the Bengals are fifth. So, like, there are those out there that think the Bengals won the game on that day. Sure. They were the better team on that day, but... I might want to wait three weeks. If they win the Super Bowl, they're going to move past the Bills. Right? Yeah, they should. They should move back. The Chiefs and the Bills are the co-favorites. How could they not be if they beat the Bills once and on the road yeah. and then the Chiefs twice right. in the same season? Yeah, wouldn't they have to? Yeah, I think, yeah. It's almost weird, though, that they're not already there. Well, the Bengals are somehow able to be awesome, and they're favored in Kansas City now. Yeah, they're minus one and a half. Hmm. And okay. that, might, that, might, that might go up. Eighty nine percent of the money I saw this morning is on the Bengals. So they could they could they be a three point favorite in, in Kansas City? We'll see what happens if You Ma- on them even if that line goes up even more? Yeah. Hmm. They're the Bills right now of last year. They're playing so well. Yeah, they haven't lost since like week eight. Yeah. Danielle in Orchard Park. Good morning, Danielle. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. Hi, I just want to talk about um, Leslie Frazier. Um, I'm not disputing he's a great um, defensive coordinator, but my question is, is he enough? Do we have enough of an aggressive defense? When I look at three of the four teams that are left in the Super Bowl race here, uh, especially Eagles and 49ers, I just see a lights-out, super aggressive defense. And when it comes to really good teams, I'm just not seeing that from Buffalo. Yeah, if you, Danielle, did you hear our conversation with Joe Marino from this morning? 
at eight? I did not. I would, well, if you can, I'll give you the, a quick recap on one of the things that he said about Frazier that I found interesting. You know, the Bills, the Bills have had a defense of the last five, six years that has been excellent at betting you can't beat them consistently, right? Mm-hmm. Where they've got Tredavious White, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer back there, a, a rotating second cornerback. Their defensive line has been, before this year, good, not great. Their linebackers, you could make the case, are great. Milano and Edmonds, you've got whatever. The entire defense has been talented. And the Bills' philosophy is, we bet you can't consistently beat us 12 play drives and, in the process, keep up with our offense. And that has been a good bet. Right. And then what happened this year? Well, you lost. Jordan Poyer for parts of the season, Micah Hyde for all of the season, basically. Tredavious White, not in peak form. Your defensive line was in shambles might be too much, but Von Miller, who's supposed to be out there, he's not available. Jordan Phillips can't raise his arm because he's got a torn rotator cuff. I've got Daquan Jones missing from that game as well. Throughout the season, every player on the defense missed time. The corner two position wasn't as reliable as they probably wanted it to be. Like If they got last year's personnel... I bet the defense is fine. But they relied on it, and cracks started to form. And there wasn't enough of an adjustment. The Bills don't really spend too much time, this is a little bit of Joe's take, taking something away. Make Instead of short passing game, go ahead and beat us with your short passing game, uh-huh. take away, focus on something, and take away something that the other team does. And that they kind of don't do that. Their identity has been to just bet on themselves you can't consistently beat us. And they've been right a lot about that. I'll also, this is not going to be in line with, I think, anything the coach ever thinks. This this head coach. But I will continue to approach this as, when you your defense can be as good as you can make it. And when you play teams like the Chiefs and the Bengals, they are going to get their points. The Bills are, for five years, the best pass defense in football. When they play the Chiefs, they get their points. When they play the Bengals... Now you can include that in. They get their points, and but is that? And I've felt that way too. Is that true of every team? When Lou and Romo plays the Bills, what happened? They didn't get their points. Mm-hmm. When he plays the the Chiefs, what happens? They don't get their points. He basically shut them out in the second half last how, season. How likely am I think I'm able to replicate that though? How special is what Cincinnati has right now for that? Because nobody else is doing that. No, that's right. That's right, that most of the time... Well, okay, how easy is that to replicate? The Jets have done it. The Jets play the Bills, and the Bills do not get their points. Mm -hmm. The Bills... I just think the Bills became a lot more defendable this year. But but that's the thing. To me, if their offense is scoring points, then if their offense was working to, to the point where we thought it could, if they had had the receivers to do it, or the play calling to do it at times, they... Was was the Jets, did they figure out how to stop teams like the Bills? Or were the Bills imperfect? Were the Bills a team offensively capable of beating up on the bad defenses, yeah. but when they played an elite defense, they were being they were capable of being stopped? Well, to me, I would just want to become an offense that is, you're so good that the Bengals defense and the Jets defense, like they can do as well as anybody, but you're still going to find your way to 30. Right. The Bills used to be a team that... They would beat you any number of ways, and they then became a team this year that felt a little bit more like Allen might have to go superhuman to beat you. It felt like there was a blueprint this year. A little bit. And 
The Dolphins took their chances. They had, they, you know, men had the personnel to do it the same way. To me, the best example is the Jets. Robert Salah and the Jets played the Bills well twice. And if they had a quarterback, they might have gone 2-0 against the Bills. And when he left here after they lost that game and said, we'll see them again, he didn't. His team didn't no. make the playoffs. Their quarterback stinks. But I fully believe that when it comes to defending the Bills, like Belichick still doesn't have the answers. The no. Bills do, no. does not have the answers. <laughs> But Robert Salah does. And, so, and Lou Anaromo, I think he does have answers for this Bills offense. And that's why a lot of this about the Bills getting a new another weapon, that's why the coordinator conversation, I think, is never off limits. I'm not telling you they have to change it, but if you don't like the way that it's going, just change. And if Joe Brady leaves and takes an offensive coordinator job with the Chargers or the Jets, maybe it becomes a little tougher because now the most obvious replacement for Dorsey – would be gone, and you know. What Do you, you feel at? like you then have an in-house candidate? Yeah, I don't know. I just think they need better answers on offense, and that comes from a skill standpoint and from a, a scheme standpoint. Josh Allen has been named a finalist for the NFL MVP. Yep. Your five candidates: Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and Justin Jefferson. Okay. Allen is not going to win this. No, Mah- right? Mahomes is going to Mahomes win is going to win that. Yeah. Not 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 a lot of drama, I don't think. I don't think so either. And who's going to win it? Coach Any, who's the sixth guy there? The sixth guy there's at one point it would end Tyreek Hill or Tua. Um the sixth guy there. Give me Micah Parsons. Hmm. Okay. Give me give one defensive player? Can I have <laughs> one? Give Nick. me on all right, I got a better one. Give me Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner. I was surprised he wasn't a defensive player of the year. Nominee. How could he not be? Yeah. Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa. Give me one defensive player for MVP. Just one. Uh-huh. The NFL should take these votes and take out the fifth place offensive guy and put the top defensive guy in there just to give defense a nod. Well, are you going to take the non-quarterback away? Because then Justin Jefferson, is he not the fifth guy? He is the fifth guy. I'm not sure he would have finished fifth. You think he might finish higher than fifth? I think he could have finished higher than Burrow. Yeah. Jefferson, I think he might have he could have finished higher than Allen, too. Yeah. He could have finished higher than Hurts. Quarterback award, though. It is a quarterback award. I feel like Justin Jefferson being a finalist is a win because it's a non-quarterback. Who's the quarterback that should be in there that's not? There, there Was there any? Like, I, I don't think so. I, nobody. There's no, who, who, had a, who had an incredible year at quarterback other than the four guys that are mentioned? Like Tua did, but he got hurt. And it, it tailed off a little bit at the end. Yeah. Even when he was in there. Um past that, like did we even have a conversation about a single guy? Lamar Jackson maybe right away at the beginning of the season, but he got hurt. Yep. So that didn't And he happen. started playing really poorly too. And he played poorly. Down the stretch. So yeah. no, I think I think this was it. I don't think there's another quarterback at all. Max in Rochester. What's up, Max? Hey guys. Love the show. Uh I want to. I want to preface. I have a little criticism of Dorsey, um, but I want to say, like, hey, I was one of the people, one of the many, banging the drum for him to be the coordinator when Dayball left. Uh, and having the number two offense is is pretty good. So we got that. But but what concerned me was the lack of improvement uh, over the year. It seemed like uh, that he never had like a fingerprint on a game. It just turned into hey, we're going to run this this offense and see if Josh can figure something out. Um, there were multiple times, I haven't heard 
other people bring it up, but I noticed that there were multiple times this year where you'd see two receivers in the same area. And I'm like, how, how does that continue to happen? It happened in the Dolphins playoff game too on a completion. But um, anyway, so that was concerning. But I do think the solution is if we could really invest in a top-notch offensive line, that makes everybody better. It makes Josh better. It makes Gabe Davis better. It gives him more time. Um, so that would be, going forward, that would be my hope. I know it's not sexy, but, like, to, to really put as much capital as you can into addressing the offensive line I think will solve everything. The AFC East is going to be a meat grinder, especially if the, if the Jets can get a quarterback. So, anyway, thanks, you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Max. I, mean, I don't think anybody's going to fight you on the idea of the line getting better. Right. We'll take that, but how, but how much better? And at the expense of what else? Right. Am I? And you know, can I? Can I find? What am I more likely to find a game changer? Is it first round receiver, second round receiver, first round line, third round receiver? You know, there's a lot of different ways to do it. My, my biggest criticism of the Bills this off season, this entire, this last off season was. I thought receiver was a need the whole time. The whole time. And they, they signed did, Jameson Crowder. They saw, they, and on the outside, specifically. They needed someone on the outside. They didn't do anything there. No. And their their third receiver on the outside was Jake Kumaro. Right. So, I mean, it'll be a lot of saying all the sexy answers at receiver as I pound the table in here. But as long as they address it and get better at it and give themselves the option to be great at the position, Yeah, then that's a win. I can't tell you the first-round receiver is going to be better than the third-round guy. That doesn't always happen that way. But, yeah, online, I just wouldn't go too far. Yeah, like, like your reaction, if they, if they moved up 10 spots to draft a tackle in the first round. Okay. <laughs> My first thought is, okay, at least it's not a guard. Right. You okay. know, tackle's more important. Right. One reason to do that is, and that's the other thing, is do they want to change – a lot of their their tendencies, they have treated, they have treated guard mm-hmm. on this team. Oh, like it's like like it's trying kicker. to think of something in your life that you just kind of rotate in and I, like, like I treat hats, <laughs> like you know, sure. I just wear a different one every day. Yeah, and I like them all, but today I'm going to wear this hat. Yeah, and next year I'm going to have these guards, whether that's Roger Saffold and. John Feliciano or Quentin Spain. Yeah, just how many different guards have they had? Like Bodker. How many have they had? Ten guards start in the last five years at different points in time. Yeah. I the the other thing too and though did, on a line. Just it, real quick, didn't they draft Cody Ford to be a tackle? They drafted Cody Ford to be a tackle, and then they moved him to guard. Yep. I the reason part of the reason why receiver though is above O line for me is. I still feel like this quarterback is as good as anybody in the league at escaping pressure, buying time with his feet, and creating time to throw. That off-structured, off-structured stuff that happens. There was a play that I think it was it wasn't, wasn't yards per pass. Somebody tweeted the play of Allen Saffold getting beat immediately off the line of scrimmage against the Bengals on Sunday. Like the tackle, oh man, that was just a bad one. Blows right by him. Watch, watch though. The timing of that video. From the point in which Saffold gets beat to when Allen s- escapes the pocket and finally pulls the ball down to realize i got to run for a yard here. Six seconds. And the route concepts might not have worked great for this play because there might only be one or two guys on that side of the field, but Allen about six seconds. Scrambling to the right, <laughs> yeah. and there's no one to throw to. Like, to me, 
on some level, this quarterback can manage a poor offensive line as well as any quarterback in football. But you got to have one of two things for me. Because right now, they have a receiving group that does not get open consistently and an offensive line that gets beat quickly. One of the two. I don't need both. But either give me an O-line that's going to give him all day to throw, and then he can scramble two, and now the receivers have 10 seconds to get open. Or, this would be my preference, just get receivers that get open within three seconds. And now my O-line, it doesn't matter. How good was how good was the Bengals' O-line, really, personnel-wise on Sunday? It got hidden yeah. because Burrow got the ball out in two and a half seconds. And because the Bills gave... Their receivers that, a nine yard cushion. That that too. But part of that <laughs> yeah. cushion, reason for that cushion is they're intimidated by the skill of Chase, Boyd, and Higgins, and all three of those guys are capable of both getting open quick and will push the coverage back because they are so dangerous. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Oh Tom, hey, whoa, Tom, you you there? He's Tom's not only got his radio up, he's got it way up. Hey Bill, go ahead, Bill. Listen, my question is, you guys are all over this topic, and it's a great show. Thanks for doing it. Uh, Dorsey, should he get credit for off-script plays? It seems like 70% of our offensive plays are Josh running for his life. They like to preach that the Bills have good offensive numbers. They have good offensive numbers because Josh can run for his life and make a play. Should Dorsey get credit for that? I do wonder. How many of his plays are on script? I wonder how much he thinks about that. Nate tweeted this out. It it might have been the play that Allen throws it to Gabe Davis on the sideline, the great catch. And from the All-22 look, it's Singletary short and four guys running straight. It's like it's four verticals. Yep. And my I did think in that moment, is that a play Dorsey calls to think Allen's going to get away from this and I'm going to have four guys working their way back to the football? Or is he doing that just to throw the ball deep? Like, is there any notion ever that he's calling a play of when Allen escapes, when he gets buys time and get and gets away, all of these guys are going to be in the right position for an off-structure play? It's a great question. Because I have no idea what the answer is. Bill, it's a great question about off-schedule stuff. Right, like, number two offense in the NFL. Yeah, your quarterback's a freak show. You should roll out of bed ninth. Right. <laughs> right, how hard would it be? Where would they finish? Like, third in yards per play this year? How hard is it to not finish in the top five with I mean, him as your quarterback? Right. I'm not saying absolutely anybody could do it. I'm not saying I could do it or you could do it. But What would they finish if you were calling plays? Madden uh, plays. Would they be in the top half of the league? Josh would be his own coordinator. <laughs> right, right. You, you let me know what you want to do. Um, but, you know, like if Joe Brady's the offensive coordinator instead of Dorsey, do they finish second? They finish, It's not like they finished 23rd. Do they finish fourth instead of third? Maybe. It's not, even, it's not to get after Dorsey. It's just to say... The standards should be like Brian Dable having a really good offense and resurrecting Daniel Jones' career is an accomplishment. People didn't think much of Jones. Yeah. Not not everybody could get Daniel Jones to be a very efficient passer and use his legs in such a good way. And Brock Purdy, right? Like Kyle Shanahan. Hey, Mister Undrafted. I'm sorry, not undrafted. Mister Irrelevant rookie walks in and starts leading the league in yards per play. In passing efficiency, something tells me Kyle Shanahan is pretty darn good at this. Mm-hmm. I have Josh Allen. And if most of my plays, especially in the second half of the season, are rolling, 
these these plays where he rolls all the way to the right and then throws it back and hits James Cook, and we're all like, wow, can you believe what Allen does? That goes on their red zone stats, and their red zone stats are consistently pointed to as how Ken Dorsey's doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying he's not doing a good job, but when Allen makes a play like that, is that hand up? Good is, call- any, is any of that on Dorsey? Is good call, Ken. Is that a good call? Yeah. Maybe. I think it's a totally fair question, Bill, that you that you bring up. So thanks for thanks for calling in. Thanks for bringing that up. Because yeah, sometimes it seems like the Bills' schedule is to get off schedule. Right? Hey, here's the play. You guys go do some stuff. Josh can roll out, and that's when the play starts. Right. That, right. The play starts at the five second mark. Yeah. Extendo Sports. We'll close things out and uh, get you off to the Extra Point Show with Sal and Joe as well here on WGR. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.